Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Father Tom Burke of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, and welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic Education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. And this morning we pay visit to Mary of Nazareth Catholic School, which is located in White Oak. Mary of Nazareth was founded back in 2012 in a merger between St. Joe's Regional Catholic School in Portview, which was established in 1984, and the former St. Angela Marici School, which opened its doors back in 1961. Mary of Nazareth Catholic School is known for its faith-centered academic instruction. The gospel message, worship, and social concerns are also integrated into the total learning experience of the students, faculty, and staff. Students from nine school districts attend Mary of Nazareth as part of the Pittsburgh East Regional Catholic School System. And my guests this morning are Linda McFarland, who is the longtime principal of Mary of Nazareth Catholic School, and Mary Beth Crossan, who teaches eighth and sixth grades. Linda and Mary Beth, welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for having us. And uh, as we are now in January, the start of uh, the new year, kids are back in school after uh, the Christmas and New Year's break. So we're back into the gear and getting ready for Catholic Schools Week coming up. Linda, this is your 20th uh, school year at Mary of Nazareth. Previously, you led Catholic elementary schools in Carnegie and in South Park. Um, why is Catholic education so important uh, from your viewpoint? Well, something I um, believe in wholeheartedly. Um, all schools can teach, and Catholic schools teach uh, in a faith-based environment. So if you're only teaching what's in a classroom, which is a box, you only learn what's in a box. But faith can't be put in a box. So faith expands everything that we do so that we are learning all of the academia uh, embraced in, in a faith environment. So it's very important for you. Extremely important. And 20th school year, that's, that's quite a dedication. Huh? Good for you. And uh, Linda, faith development is also a big focus for your students and uh, the community. And you spread the gospel through a living nat- nativity scene and outdoor scenes. Can you describe that? Because that's pretty interesting. Well, this past Christmas, we had uh, the students who were our actors, and uh, they were uh, depicting the gospel, the gospel message. And we had scenes from the beginning of of, um, Angel Gabriel Mm -hmm. announcing the birth of Jesus to Mary, and all the way through to the nativity. And the kids uh, were all the different scenes. It was a drive-through display, and uh, we had the uh, scenes complete with all the animals at the nativity. We had uh, the donkey, we had cows and sheep as would have been in the barn. Oh, wow. And uh, 
They did this outside? We did it outside, okay. yes. So it would be like uh, Ogo Bay or Hartwood Acres, like people drive past uh, the streets of White Oak to see the kids. They, along they, the, they actually the drive uh, uh, up the up one side of the driveway, back around and down the other side okay, of the driveway. Great. And at the end, of course, we collect uh, what anybody wants to offer. And this year, our donations all went to a preschool in Haiti. Wow. Uh, the preschool is operated by the Apostles of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. and their school was completely destroyed, and they're working on rebuilding it. Because of the, the storms, the tropical yes. storms and the hurricanes. Correct. So that's where we sent our money this year. And the kids had fun doing it. The kids love it. And helped the kids with a good it. cause. Correct. Now, Mary Beth, you've been teaching at Mary of Nazareth for the past six years, and all five of your children attended that school. So you you really have a connection, a vested interest uh, in the, in that school and that building. Why are you so committed to this place and in Catholic uh, education in general? When my husband and I bought our house, we specifically chose White Oak because mm. we wanted that at the time school parish experience that was unique to Saint Angela. And though we're no longer a parish school, I think the charisms that St. Angela had as a school have continued on and have even grown as part of Mary of Nazareth. Um, I was raised in Catholic schools. My parents were, went to Catholic mm-hmm. schools, my husband, his parents, and we wanted to give that same gift to our children, the, the values um, that are taught, the faith. Everything we do is rooted in our faith, and this was just one more way to live out our faith by sending our children there. Now, teaching there uh, mm-hmm. for the past six years, uh, how is that I feel that because all your kids walk through those schools, uh, through the hallways, and now you're on the other side of the, the desk, so to speak, not a parent, but now part of the faculty. How is that being so vested in, in the school, in the building? I think that the the values and the faith that are embedded and embodied in the school are what make it so wonderful. And so to be there as a parent, um, I remember when Miss McFarland came as principal, <laughs> and to be now on the faculty, it's just been a natural evolution um, because this is, this is so important to who I hope my children have become in mm-hmm. their lives. The, the success that they've achieved has come through um, St. Angela, Mary of Nazareth, and then on to Catholic high school. And they will tell you that, which is a beautiful thing as they become adults, that sure. so much of what they learned and how they can deal with the world beyond you know, school has been rooted in what, what they got there. So, Mary Beth, you understand uh, the sacrifices that parents make uh, to send their children, especially you had five uh, that went through the Catholic school system because of the value. Um, does that make you feel good when your kids say, Mom, Dad, thanks for uh, helping me out, and it makes it makes it worthwhile after all these years. It is worth every sacrifice that we made as parents um, to make sure that our children had those values and that faith, mm-hmm. and and to immerse them in a Catholic culture, so that everything we've done has been centered around the church. You know, their mm-hmm. their sports activities were centered through the the school, and their musical activities have been centered through the school, and and they've carried those values and live that faith into their adulthood. That's great. Now, Linda, you've been finding new ways to get grandparents involved in passing along the faith. Uh, Obviously, it's important for parents, but also grandparents. Uh, Can you tell our listeners about your initiative called the Generations Project? Yes, we um, have discovered that our parents, who are are the 
promoters of the faith or should mm-hmm. be the promoters of the faith have quite a limited experience of faith. Um, church is no longer high on their list. But we wanted to make sure that uh, our children could put church a little higher on the list. And we found that a lot of our children are being exposed to the faith through their grandparents. So um, I wanted to use that as a springboard to uh, allow our kids to see why faith is important to their grandparents. So we asked all grandparents in all the parishes that support us mm-hmm. to write a uh, 50 words or less, uh, a little expose on faith or something about the faith that they would want their grandchildren to know or to understand. And remarkably, we have, I think there were 76 people who responded with these little snippets of faith. And so um, what we're in the process of doing right now is those are all going to be bound into a book called Generations. And we're going to bring the grandparents and their grandchildren together uh, at an event. And the grandchildren are going to be the ones who read to their grandparents what they wrote. So all the kids will be able to uh, read from the book something that their grandparents wrote for them. Kind of like normally the grandparent would read a book to their grandchild, but now the students are Correct. reading to their grandparent. What a great right. idea. Yeah. Plus it also gives the grandparents some type of reflection on right. their vested interest too. And, and hopefully what, what it does also is um, mm-hmm. the parents of the children who would be the grandparents' sure. children mm-hmm. are going to read – this little article on faith and say, wow, this really meant something to my mom or to my dad pass it and, on. and pass mm-hmm. it on. Yeah. So we kind of use the grandparents as a, a springboard to pass faith on to the kids. And the parents of the children learn from their parents. Correct. They pass on. Now, Mary Beth, uh, what are the different subjects that you teach and how do you integrate the faith into those subjects? Well, I teach eighth grade religion, so that's an okay, easy well, that's integration. An right. But I also teach English language arts for sixth grade and eighth grade, and I also teach social studies. So the way I integrate the faith is every one of my classes starts with prayer, and I use different prayers. I use um, the St. Teresa of Avila, Let Nothing Disturb You. I, we use the Peace Prayer of St. Francis. We use St. Francis's Prayer Before the Crucifix, and each class knows those because I think – Those particular prayers give them something to lean on as they approach those high school years, Mm -hmm. just a a basis of the faith. We also use a St. Augustine prayer for the Holy Spirit. So I always start class with prayer. They know that. That's right how we from start. the beginning, even with in every English, single class, even in every single studies. subject, not just religion. Nope, 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 oh. nope. Because that's one way I want to say without proclaiming it so directly. Sure, faith is important mm-hmm. in all subjects. Um, and then um, anytime it's so actually easy to integrate the faith into the subject areas, like for social studies, um, we were talking about. Um, immigration in the 1800s mm. well they don't the students aren't really familiar with the fact that catholicism which is so common to them in their world was something that they was not welcomed in the in the colonies and then later in the united states sure. and how mm. now it's common but then it wasn't and so it's an easy thing to talk about or in literature when we talk about the we read the diary of anne frank um and all the jews is people who suffered, we can also talk about Maximilian Kolbe mm-hmm. and what he oh, also Schwartz. suffered and mm-hmm. others suffered um, and stood up for their faith in difficult times. So it's really rather easy because it's such a part of who we are as a school. And that's a gift that you have to craft that, to say, 
hey, this isn't just in religion class, but English, but social studies, you can blend that, like you mentioned about uh, the Holocaust or Auschwitz or the founding of the United States of America, that you know, Catholics were a minority back then. The Puritans were here. It was mainly a Protestant country. And and the, our children probably just don't know the, the history of, of that and say, wow, we're very blessed now in 2020 that we have that freedom of religion and express that. Correct. And yeah. they're not, they're just not aware of that, that yeah. there's a reason Maryland is named Maryland and yeah. what that has to Mary do with land. Yes. <laughs> See, it's social studies and religion blended together. Absolutely. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment on KDK radio. And welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, the pastor of the newly established parish, St. Mary Magdalene Parish in Point Breeze, the East End in Wilkinsburg. And this morning we are featuring Mary of Nazareth Catholic School, which is located not too far from me uh, out in the White Oak uh, McKeesport area. And we're talking to Linda McFarland, who is the principal of Mary of Nazareth, and Mary Beth Crossan, who teaches 6th and 8th grade. And Linda, uh, the newest parish in your area is Mary Mother of God, and right. Father Terry O'Connor is my classmate. He is your pastor. And we were just talking when we were coming into the KDK studios this morning uh, how we, now we have the brand new parishes, like now I'm now at St. Mary Magdalene Parish, and Father Terry is now at Mary Mother of God. Right. Now, bringing together the four parishes in White Oak, McKeesport, East McKeesport, and Versailles, uh, you also draw students from other parishes. And I used to be the pastor at Good Shepherd and Braddock. Uh, my best friend, Father Steve Krizak, was the pastor at the former Corpus Christi Parish in McKeesport. So I know the, the Mon Valley uh, very well. Uh, can you tell us how you bring such a diverse group uh, to Mary of Nazareth Catholic School? Actually, it's been a learning process mm. for us, Father. Um, when we were St. Angela Marisi, it was pretty much uh, an upper-class socioeconomic sure. area, and uh, that has changed quite a bit as uh, the parishes have uh, changed in, in their diversity also. Um, so we have uh, taken a look at, all right, these are the children God gave us, so how are we going to meet their needs? And I have to tell you that my staff is, is really terrific mm. at making sure that uh, all kids are treated equally. Uh, there is never any uh, distinction made uh, because some are haves and some are have-nots. And I think it's a good safe zone for them. The kids feel comfortable with each other. So that has been a really good thing for us. Uh, and the other part of our diversity is that we have the St. Anthony's program. Right, and I'm the chaplain to the St. Anthony's right. program, which is a wonderful program for special uh, needs students. That has mm. um, really made a great difference in our, our school environment. Um, at the beginning, it was uh, the kids were a little uh, afraid mm-hmm. of the St. Anthony's kids. Because they're in the classroom with, the, right in the, with classroom, the students. Yes. But right now... Um, Anybody that's new that would ever come in and say anything about the St. Anthony's kids, our kids are so protective. Wow. So um, the St. Anthony's kids are, are just such an intricate part of us as a school and us as a, a diverse environment. Uh, and uh, it allows us to show our faith on a whole different level. I think that's so, so important, too. Yeah. A wing kind of. Right. So different economic backgrounds, different ethnicities, right. plus um, St. Anthony uh, children right. all integrate. What a beautiful melting pot It is. That so is. It's, it's kind of its own little world. Mm-hmm. And the, the neat thing for us is that it all works. So if it can work in our little tiny world, you know, what do we need to do to make it work in the big world? Absolutely. So it can work. Mm-hmm. 
No, Mary Beth, you work uh, with many dedicated parents and volunteers. Why is their their involvement so important uh, to your education ministry? Well, the beauty of Catholic schools and the necessity of Catholic schools is that parents have to be involved. Mm. It is just integral for our schools to exist. Fundraising is a reality, and it's important, and the parents at uh, Mary of Nazareth have really stepped up and supported the school because without that fundraising, and no Catholic school That's the heartbeat of the school. That's what keeps it going. But it also creates community because you get to know other parents, and you get to know not just the parents of your child's classmates, but all the parents of the school, and and it just becomes de rigueur of what is expected of a Catholic school parent. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter who teaches in public school when they had conferences and there was a, a two-hour window and she had 74 students and how was that going possible wow. to see all those parents? And I was panicking for her and she had four parents show up and not that public schools don't do a good job because they do, but in Catholic schools every parent shows up for conferences. It's what it's what you do. You're invested in your child's education, and you're there, and you're involved, and that's what helps the child succeed. And the teachers know the parents. Uh, they know their students. It's, it's like a family. It, it absolutely family is. You're not just a number. No, yeah. no. It's, it's, it's what it, we are all together in this. Mm-hmm. And I think the parents know that we understand they're loaning us their child for a short time, but it, they're the ones to day in and day out, year after year. That's mm-hmm. their child, and they're just Actually, in my opinion, blessing us with a short time that we get to educate them and sure. um, about all parts of life, including, most importantly, the faith. Now, Linda, you've served in Catholic schools for more than four decades, and there have been a lot of changes uh, <laughs> over that period of time. I look at my, my own ministry and Father Terry O'Connor, my classmate, your pastor. Uh, we were talking just recently about things have changed in our parish is, uh, and what, since we've been ordained, uh, for 18 years, um, what has, what has changed that you've seen and what's been, uh, uh, the constant change over a period of time and how do you adapt to that? Well, I think the thing that's been the constant is the Eucharist. Mm. Um, our faith is wrapped around the Eucharist. So when we are proclaiming that faith in our classrooms, we're basically proclaiming the Eucharist, and, and that is the constant. That's what never will change. Um, as far as the way education is going, um, education, like everything else, has its ups and downs mm-hmm. and its coined phrases and, and all those kind of things. Um, and we try to stay you know, abreast with all that, uh, but the, we, we always fall back on um, this education that, that we teach is a ministry, it's not just a job. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the part of that that stays constant, that's unchangeable, is the Eucharist, which is what our faith is built around. The center of our faith. Right. right? And that's one thing that doesn't change. You know? Never. No, Mary Beth, uh, Catholic Schools Week starts uh, next Sunday. That's hard to believe. And I'm sure the, the kids are geared up for that. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and for parents who have been considering a Catholic education for their children, um, Catholic Schools Week is a, a wonderful opportunity for families to kind of come in and window shop. And uh, what advice would you offer for uh, some parents or grandparents listening this morning? Well, I would say, first of all, don't be afraid of the commitment and the sacrifice that will be asked of you as a parent. Mm -hmm. It can be be a little intimidating, especially if it's your first child going into school. So don't be afraid of that. And don't be afraid of the standards that your child will be held to. You want what's best for your child. And we know that in Catholic education, we have the statistics to prove 
how effectively we educate the children, the whole child. Um, I think the other thing is that the church considers the parents the first and most primary educators of their Mm -hmm. children, and we know that we are being um, given the opportunity and the responsibility to continue that in the schools, but that it falls to the parents, but we like to support what the parents are doing. And so to take that risk and to to really consider at Catholic education, often in Catholic Schools Week, I know for us at Mary of Nazareth, we have an open house and we love when people come in and, and see what we're about Take and what a we tour, have to offer. Please, shop, oh, we love shop, it. So to speak. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Linda, what do you have lined up for next week for Catholic schools, and oh, how can gosh. families uh, get in touch with you? Well, families can get in touch with us by calling the school at four one two six seven two two three six zero. And um, every day of Catholic Schools Week uh, is a fun day. So it's really uh, not a week where we spend a whole lot of time with books. It's like one big party all week. (laughs) Right. We're we're (laughs) celebrating the fact that uh, we have these students under our care, and uh, we want it to be a fun week for them because the curriculum is rigorous, and Mm -hmm. and the kids are working hard all all the rest of the year. So uh, we have activities that are outside the school, as well as activities inside the school. Uh, usually we take the whole entire school bowling. Bowling? Yeah, oh, wow. we go bowling. Uh, right down a, there in White Oak? Yes. Bowling yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have assemblies coming in. Um, we have uh, uh, ice cream sundaes that they get to make their own. Nice. Um, so, Sometimes a game day in the classroom. Correct, correct. So all of those things are, are what's going on. It's a fun week. It's a yeah. fun week, yes. It's a yes. fun week. We we hold on tight, but it's a fun week. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the the parents and the grandparents get involved too oh, to help, Abby, help we out. We couldn't do it without them. Couldn't do it without them, yeah. Right. The setup, the cleanup, uh, just coordinating mm-hmm. bowling, you know, exactly. taking the kids there and right. yeah. the ice creams right. and socials and right. lots of great things right. to go. Sounds like a so, fun, fun uh, yeah, time. stop by. Yeah. You'll love it. Linda McFarland, Mary Beth uh, Crossan, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. We'll be back in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring a discernment group for men ages 18 to 40. This is going to be held next Sunday, January the 26th at St. Paul Seminary, starting at 9.30 a.m. We're going to have Mass, brunch, a discussion, and Eucharistic adoration. This is a wonderful way as we begin the new school year, a new year uh, discerning for men ages 18 and 40. What do you want to do in your life? And it's kind of like an open house. So it's a discernment group sponsored by the St. Joseph's Guild for men ages 18 to 40, being held next Sunday, January the 26th at St. Paul Seminary. That's located at 2900 Noblestown Road in the Green Tree Crafton area. There will be mass, brunch, a discussion, and adoration. Just a great Sunday to spend time with other men 18 to 40 who are who might be uh, discerning a call to the priesthood or religious life. So next Sunday, January 26th at 9.30 at St. Paul Seminary. To register, visit pghpriest.com. That's pghpriest.com. A open house, men ages 18 and 40, next Sunday, January 26th. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 6.30 right here on KDK Radio.